Um, I put a nice background for this uh, for this call today. I thought that would be an appropriate one. And I found my Bad Religion shirt. I was like, I'm going to go big today. I'm going to wear the red lipstick. It's going to be a whole thing. Oh, my God. That rules so hard, man. Well, even, I've been listening to Bad Religion like all week long, and I have like notes and scribbles. And like I'm like, <laughs> if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to do it justice. And I want to like – you know, even for me, like I want to find my 10 and I want to do yeah. that right. So it was a process, but I'm very, I'm very excited about it. A uh, process of belief as it, as it were. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good one. I like yeah. that. That was a zinger. I, I, a I, zinger. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have all kinds of lame, bad religion <laughs> puns as we go. <laughs> oh yes. I'm so into it. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this on talk. No shock. Recorded live from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cybert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff, and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is with his extraordinary playlist, Mike Cybert. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio, powered by Poddex. I am your host, and this week we're counting down our top 10 bad religion songs, you know, uh, celebrating the band's 40th anniversary. We'll talk about the longevity of the band and why they're still one of the most influential punk bands in the entire scene. Joining me on this adventure is a real rock radio goddess tearing it up every weeknight all the way from the mighty 99.9 KISW from right here in Seattle the one the only Taryn Daly welcome to Mike Cyber Radio hey that was like the most amazing introduction I've ever had in my life thank you you're making me feel very special I appreciate it it's so good to be here and uh when you when you first you know tapped me on the shoulder for this. I was like, all in, baby. We're going to talk about <laughs> religion. That's a conversation I want to be a part of. This band um, has been one of my favorite bands since I was really young. And my mom actually took me and some friends to see Bad Religion at the Gorge. I don't even think we could drive yet. Like, I'm pretty sure that's why my mom took us. And <laughs> that was actually the very first time I'd ever crowd surfed. I lost both of my shoes. Oh my gosh. Um, my, my mom was terrified. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had like the best time ever. So, um, after seeing them live, it just, they, they've to this day been one of the bands I've seen the most live, mm-hmm. um, of, of all the bands that I'm obsessed with. So anytime they're in town, I'm like, I gotta be there. That's awesome. Yeah. They're, uh, they're definitely, uh, one of my favorites as well. I think I, in fact, I think the only time I haven't seen them in Seattle, uh, was this, uh, just this last year for, uh, age of unreason. And it was only because I was in Toronto for a transformers convention and the show was the, was the day we were flying home the last day of the convention. And, um, I had bought my plane ticket the day before they announced the tour. Oh my god! Oh, it was one of those. Why? Oh, but yeah, that's 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 the only uh, Seattle show I've I've missed in gosh, at least six seven years. I uh, I see them every time, and I uh, I mean that you know in terms of bang for your buck, uh, Bad Religion always gives uh, the best live shows because you you're going to get like a thirty seven song set in like ninety minutes, and it's just <laughs> it's it's you know it's just no frills. They just come out they play their songs a little bit of banter here and there but not really a whole lot and then they just leave 
<laughs> yeah, it's and, amazing. And, and, and that's reflected in the ticket price too. You know, it's totally. like in, in, in a world where we have concerts and shows and, you know, shows are usually like, you know, our favorite local bands, our local homies and concerts are, you know, like your, your big national acts. Uh, Bad Religion finds a way to, to be so punk rock about it and just kind of like, I mean, I, I think the last show I went to cost me maybe 20 bucks. You know? Nice. I mean, yeah, it, for it's sure. just like, you know, so, I mean, you, you get. Uh, you get what you pay for uh, that much and more. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, so we'll talk about a lot about that, uh, that longevity and uh, uh, other things, cool memories, cool stories, especially as we go through our top 10 songs. But first, uh, Taryn Daly, uh, how, uh, how's that pandemic life treating you? <laughs> you know, it's for the most part been pretty good. I've been working at home since March 13th. And at one point, like I hadn't even been in a car for two weeks. And then when I was finally in the car, I was like, whoa, is this what driving is? Like, <laughs> I felt so rusty uh, just being in my car. One thing, because we live in Stanwood and we live in the woods, we have satellite internet, which is hot garbage. Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not going to drag the name of the company through the mud, but satellite internet is horrible. So um, we had some issues with that right out of the gate and, uh, you know, found some remedies with a hotspot and things like that. But for the most part, um, we've been at a significant disadvantage for uh, high internet speeds where we live. Um, But all in all, we've made it work. Um, Brad actually works for a radio station as well. So he does a morning show and he was able to broadcast live for a couple weeks um, from out in our pump house where our our well pump is. He turned that into a studio and then I made a little studio downstairs. So we kind of had our separate little radio spots um, and we have a (laughs) now nine month old baby. So we've just been kind of you know, hunkered down at home watching him grow up. And, you know, it certainly has been kind of a blessing in disguise in that, in that regard, because I, I haven't missed anything. You know, we're, we're both home every night. And so we get to, you know, tuck him in, wake him up, all that good stuff. So it, although there are days where it's so chaotic, I, I might cry. And maybe sometimes I do cry. Yeah, It's a really, really good situation. And I feel really lucky. So um, yeah, I miss, I miss shows. I miss breweries. I miss places. Um, but I know as, Things slowly start to reopen. We'll get to do some of those things we love so much. Rock on. Very cool. That's, uh, that's yeah. awesome. So, um, and, and how about that farm life? Oh, farm life is the only life for me. <laughs> so we, um, we've actually done so many cool projects around here. We expanded our garden um, about four times the growing space. We built a greenhouse. Oh my gosh. Um, We've put, uh, we salvaged gutters from a guy down the street that was doing a big job and we put gutters on all of our outbuildings and we started like collecting rainwater. So we have just been doing little improvements every single day, every single week, there's a new project. And uh, so it's been really fun. That definitely helps keep me distracted from like the chaos of the world sometimes uh, just to go outside and like, you know, pet the animals work in the garden, yeah. you know, dig in the dirt, that kind of stuff. So it has been very therapeutic, uh, you know, to have those projects and to be on the farm. Um, let's take a, a quick couple minutes and let's talk a little bit about your show. Like, uh, you know, we were talking about that quarantine life a little bit, but you, you've had some really uh, exciting stuff happen recently, like uh, like your uh, interview with The Pretty Reckless was awesome and, and a couple other things as well. Well, the, the cool thing is this this whole Instagram live 
feature um, yeah. has really been a, a, a blessing for radio um, because normally we do artist interviews when they come in, you know, because they're touring, they're coming through town, they stop by the station, we do a, an interview, they play an acoustic set for us, something like that. Well, we can't do that right now, but right. we can do these great Instagram live captures. Um, so I've done a few of them. I talked to uh, Jay Buchanan from uh, Rival Sons. I got to interview Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man. Oh. Um, I got to talk with Van Connor from The Screaming Trees for all my uh, Seattle uh, music fanatics. And that was really fun. And then most recently, I got to do an interview with Taylor Momsen from The Pretty Reckless. And it was actually for um, our entire company. So the right. video that I did was actually um, syndicated to all of our radio stations all over the, the country, all the rock stations. So I felt really cool. I felt very privileged <laughs> and very lucky to get to be the one to do that interview. Um, that being said, she is the coolest, nicest, most humble person. Um, being that we're Seattle people, uh, I know that you know the importance of the Seattle music scene to, to us. And she is a Seattle music fanatic. Like she has studied Soundgarden up and down. She's, uh, they're actually um, doing their most recent album with Matt Cameron. Um, she recorded uh, at, at London Bridge with them. I mean, it, she's, so she is a total diehard Seattle music fan, which is always very refreshing because yeah. I think our music is awesome. But then when you hear it from somebody else who's not from here, it's very validating. Yeah. Um, so that was a really exciting interview. And I'm thankful that, um, you know, we have these ways of connecting, whether it's Zoom or Instagram Live or StreamYard. Um, it's definitely helping bring us together during a time where we're all apart. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens post-COVID. You know, it's like when, when we start going back to work and getting into some of those old routines, but now we've got a few new tools in our arsenal. So it'll be interesting to see how the landscape of uh, radio presentation and interviews. And yeah, it's, it's just going to be really interesting to see how things, how things change. Like a, for uh, sure. um, a, a mentor of mine is uh, popular for saying, the more things change, the more things change. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's just, so true. I love that. And we are, we'll just continue to adapt. And, uh, you know, and I, and I hope that, you know, when we do get back to live music, I look forward to the in-person stuff, but like the live music thing, I mean, that seems like it's a really far, you know, way off. Obviously we're going to be able to go to a restaurant, drink a beer at a brewery, whatever. Um, but as far as, you know, getting to like be shoulder to shoulder with people at a venue, I don't know how, when we're going to get back to that. That's, that's something that may take a minute. So I hope we can, can, can continue to use technology to at least make those connections now. Uh, but yeah, I want, I want to hug some people when this is all over because yes. I miss hugging. I miss hugging so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hugger. I'm a handshaker. I just, yes. I, I, I love that, uh, um, j- just that, that feeling of community and contact. And I think, I, I think you nailed it. I, I think that's the thing that folks are missing more than anything else is just, uh, you know, I, I, for me at least, I, I'm tired of being afraid of people. Mm-hmm. Like, like I go to the grocery store and I just kind of like shrink down just a little bit. It's just like, you know, just watching. It's, uh, how's this going to go? And, 
And yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's not the way to live in a, uh, in a functioning society. So hopefully, you know, we're, we're on our way uh, uh, back to something that, you know, I, I kind of, I bristle at the cliche of, you know, getting back to normal. Um, but yeah, I mean, something that resembles normalcy, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, the human connection is very important yes. to me. I thrive off of it. So yeah, when we're allowed to hug, I'm going to be giving some deep, long hugs for, for like days on end. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. So, uh, so shifting gears to bad religion, you know, our, our, our topic of the day, the reason for the season, um, as it were, uh, 17 studio albums, two live albums, four compilations, 25 music videos, two EPs and 29 singles. Um, uh, you know, to say that bad religion is one of the most influential, punk rock bands ever I think would be an understatement uh but uh but Taryn Daly what does Bad Religion the uh the band and their music uh what's it mean to you well for me personally I've always been like a, a little punk rocker inside always have been a little punk rocker and the thing that I like the most about Bad Religion is the fact that they have this message of you know, don't ever stop asking questions don't ever stop questioning authority that to me is is punk rock. It's not just a genre of music. It's a, you know, it, punk is a, is a mindset and a mentality and an attitude and it goes far beyond music. And I, I love the fact that their, that their message goes so far beyond music and, you know, songs that they wrote 30, 40 years ago yeah. still apply today. And like, you know, even as I was filling my brain with more bad religion songs this week, just to like get myself pumped up, I was like, man, there was just song after song that it's like, it doesn't matter what year it is. It, these songs still ring true. And so I just think that as far as, you know, influential bands go, um, you know, even just looking at the dates of some of these songs that I love so much and when they were released, I'm like, oh my God, that was in 94 or whatever, you know, <laughs> yep. but they still apply. And so I just have always really liked their message of um, never settling. Don't ever, don't ever settle, you know, ask questions until you find answers. Um, you know, I just really appreciated the, the message behind the music. Um, and then, of course, the music itself, like, you know, even trying to, you know, get a list of 10, I had a hell of a time because there are so many songs that have impacted my life and uh, changed my way of thinking or made me think about things in a different way. Um, yeah. And to your point about li yeah. seeing them live, when you see them live, you feel like Greg Graffin is like speaking to you directly. Like, yes, he's having a conversation with you. It's personal. So yeah. I love the, per the, the way that it just feels personal, too. Mm -hmm. um, so there, that's, that's me rambling about my love for this band. No, it's great. And uh, with, uh, with Greg's uh, stage presence, you know, what with all the pointing and the gestures and all that, and he's really good at, at icon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's so much of that. I, I, uh, if, if I end up in a car accident because I was doing too much bad religion, it's because I'm doing too many gestures. I already speak a lot with my hands, but yeah, there's, there's just so much of that. And I, I, I love it. And I think that's one of the main things that um, that, that really resonates with me because uh, you know it, it's weird because they they are like the least rock star rock stars I I think in any band that I've ever come around I mean like think of like some of the other contemporaries in the scene like say like you know Green Day or The Offspring or something like that you know where there's there's always a level of 
rock stardom to them, you know, like, like a certain air of things. Whereas, you know, these guys will come out in, in ratty t-shirts, beat up Ooh. jeans and um, especially Greg. Uh, I, I, one of the things I, I appreciate about Greg Graffin so much, I mean, aside from, you know, his intelligent lyrics and his, you know, uh, 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 gruff singing voice and all that, but just that his whole aesthetic is just so aggressively uncool. It and, is. He's yeah. like he's like your nerdy uncle or something yes. like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, a meme that I see constantly is that uh, you know he he looks like Mr. Garrison from South Park. Yes, <laughs> you know what with the glasses. Nailed it. It's nailed so it. Funny, um, but yeah, I mean, th- there's oh, it's it, it's it's just uh, it's just interesting how a band and a uh, sound. Uh, can be so transcendent. Um, for me, I, I guess it's what I like about Bad Religion is just the meat and potato stuff, you know, kind of like the the stripped down three chord progression, um, you know, stripped down vocals, very, uh, you know, minimal production. Uh, but I, I think the thing that gets me more than anything is uh, one, the intellectualism in the lyrics. Like I, I've, um, you know, I, I've commonly joked uh, kind of sometimes with pretension, sometimes without pretension, depending upon what kind of mood I'm in, is I, I, I've said that bad religion is punk rock for smart people. And that's kind of a bit of a, a misnomer in that I think the, the power of bad religions music is that it's not necessarily for smart people. It encourages you to be a smart person. Like I, uh, Absolutely. I, uh, I came across their music uh, early in high school and you, uh, you need a thesaurus to keep totally. up. With, and, and there, there's so much of my vocabulary that's kind of been influenced uh, uh, by their uh, word choices and lyrics. Um, um, maybe even not some of the specific words, but at least kind of like the um, excitement about vocabulary. Um, yeah. It's, it's just kind of cool to have that where, I, I don't know. I mean, I sing along with words even now that I have no idea what they mean. Yep. <laughs> and ever, I think anybody that's listening or watching right now could yeah. raise their hand if I said, you know, who's, who's Googled a word that they heard in a bad religion song? Like every yes. single one of us probably has. <laughs> Um, and that's cool. It is. They are. They're thought provoking. So to, yes. to your point, it's not music for smart people. It's music that will help you become a little bit more um, aware. You know, it, it's yeah. going to provoke thought, which I think is very cool. I don't. I sometimes I listen to songs by, you know, just other bands, other other types of music that to me seem almost. I don't want to say meaningless, but I'm like really like you wrote that in four seconds. Whereas, you know, a bad religion song, I, I mean, I don't know how long it takes to write a bad religion song, but I imagine <laughs> there's a lot that goes into that and it's so intentional. Um, so I really just appreciate the fact that it's like the fabric is so um, tightly woven. It's just, it's perfect. And another yes. thing, I mean, you know, if you look at the, if you look at the length of a song by bad religion, and then yes. you look at the numbers of words in the song, like they can cram a ton into a three minute song or less. I t- a ton of lyrics, a ton of words. And, and those words that make you go, what is that? What I need to know yeah. what that means. I, I need to further my research on this. So it is pretty amazing what they can do with such a, you know, small window of time in a bad religion song. 
Yeah, you're right, because it, it is, there's a lot of heady vocabulary, but the songs are also very Spartan and economical. You know, it's like we, uh, we were talking about earlier, like with, uh, with their live sets. Um, again, in a good Bad Religion set, you'll get into the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's, there's a vast majority of their catalog, especially the early stuff, that not a one of those songs is over two minutes. You know, oh, yeah. it, just, it just gets in and out. But yet, as you're listening to it, you still feel like you've had a completed experience. Mm-hmm. There are some songs to where it's like, yeah, man, I could have I used one more verse or something like that. But like, what happens next, Greg? Tell yeah, us. yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's okay, too, because like uh, uh, brevity is, is a special thing that not all of us uh, uh, yours, uh, yours truly here. Uh, that uh, as my my fans and listeners are laughing at me. Um, uh, but yeah, no, brevity is not my strong suit, and I think that's one of the things that I respect about Bad Religion's music is that it's 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 fast paced, but it's also fast. It's quick. It's brief, and it's uh, it's economical, uh, for lack of a better word. I love it. Nailed it. Missed last week's episode? Have trouble remembering that hot take you heard? Find it all in the full archive on SoundCloud.com by searching Mike Seibert Radio. Very cool. So, uh, so getting into uh, closer into the main event here and our uh, top 10 lists. Um, uh, I, I know we were kind of talking a little bit offline, and I think even a little bit here at the top. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how our lists actually came together. I mean, you know, no spoilers. We'll we'll do it in in our countdown. But I'm kind of curious. Uh, what are some of uh, the the challenges uh, that you ran into, and kind of like kind of kind of talk about the the adventure you went through, kind of trying to put things together. Well, and it was funny because like I have my favorite songs, and then I have like what I think are like the top ten songs, and I kind of did like a. Like I kind of tried to marry them together. So, you know, for the most part, my list is my 10 favorite bad religion songs. But as far as putting them into order, I had a horrible time with that. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I switched, there were things I was switching around at the last minute. And then there's stuff that's not on this list that I'm like, did you make a mistake? Are you going to be judged for this? But um, for me, I just tried to get a good mix of, kind of what the what the music is about. Like I feel like I have some that incorporate religion, some that incorporate government systems, some that incorporate um, you know, mental health. So I, yeah. I kind of was looking for like a good balance of content in these songs, uh, while taking into consideration which are my favorite and which are kind of definitely I would say some fan favorites. Yeah, because I, I think if I if I'm not mistaken, I think a lot of this uh, our, our conversation started with I, I forget what com- uh, publication it was, but somebody had put out a list of ten bad religion songs, and I looked it over and I sent it over to you uh, because I, I know you're as uh, much a bad religion fan as I am, and I was like, well, as far as lists go, this is definitely one of them and i thought that there were like i i thought that there were some weird glaring misses i thought that there were some bizarre choices but it's interesting now that i now that we're we're actually live and recording and i i've printed this on paper so i can't change it um i i find that my list 
for other folks that are that are listening will probably find it's very much the same way it's like oh you put that on there but not that it's like yeah there's it, it's it's really hard when yeah. uh, when you start kind of trying to uh, compile it for me at least uh, the the process was was similar to yours but a little different in that like I knew almost right away what my bottom three were and what my top three were Th- those mm-hmm. were those were um, I, I think I made like one change as uh, as we went but it the thing that I had the hardest time with was the middle so what I ended up doing was going through like the entire catalog. I had this like in a, in a spreadsheet somewhere and I was like, uh, yes, yes, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. And I made a list of like 50 oh. and then chopped it down <laughs> to like 25 and then chopped it down to like 15. And then all of this again, just to get the middle of my list. Yeah. So that's uh so I'll, I'll be very interested to see uh, where, where that all uh, compares and what, uh, uh, what folks might happen to uh, <laughs> think about that. And, and it is, I mean, making, making a list for bad religion fans is stressful because you're oh like, to your point, people are going to be like, well, that was weird or whatever, you know, like it's anybody that's a diehard fan of any band, I think is going to heavily scrutinize anybody's yeah. top 10 list. Um, and one thing I did find very interesting, and this was not intentional, mm. I have, of my 10, nine different albums represented. I only have one album with two songs on this list. And that was not, I swear, I swear to you, not intentional oh at all. Oh my gosh. I was like, this is really crazy how this all worked out, so... I am. I'm really excited. I mean, I was. I was already. I mean, I, I've been buzzing all around the around the studio, bouncing off the walls all day because I've just been waiting uh, for time to come around. Because, like you know, we've just been so hyped and so excited. Uh, but uh, I think the time is here. I think the time is now. And of course, uh, guests first and ladies first. Taryn Daly, please lead us off with your number ten bad religion song. So my number 10 bad religion song is off the album New Maps of Hell and it's Dearly Beloved. Yeah, and that's honestly like the first time I heard that song and that's like that album in general, like I... I'm always one of those people like, oh, am I going to like the new album? And I was almost hypercritical of that album before it even came out. And New Maps of Hell ended up being one that really resonated with me. But Dearly Beloved um, has, has got to be my favorite song on that album uh, and makes my top 10 list. Yeah, just barely missed it for me. I, I was I was juggling that one. Uh, I uh, the 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 whole hook of I can't relate with you. You know that it's it's just so deeply resonant um, for because you know a lot of their songs. You know, it, it, in this case, it's explicitly about uh, uh, you know going to church and a religious experience. But you can apply that to any kind of walk of life like when when i when i encountered new maps of hell i was kind of like in a kind of in a transitional phase like you know doing some job changes and things like that so some of those songs kind of hit me in that headspace and and dearly beloved was one of those that that kind of took on a meaning that was different than what it was intended to but still uh love it still really great 
So, um, so my number 10, and I, uh, I, I fashioned this so that I made sure it was the first song that I talked about because it is the first Bad Religion song that I came across. And they say, uh, you never forget your first. But for me, my number 10 from 1994 soundtrack to the movie Clerks, it's Leaders and Followers. Nice. Good choice in movie and song. <laughs> exactly. And, and so for me... Uh, Clerks is such a special movie because it introduced me to the world of Kevin Smith and kind of like this this realm of meta comedy that we really hadn't seen before. I mean, you got mm-hmm. you you know you've got Clerks talking about Star Wars and you know all of this other uh, pop culture stuff that that's very very common now, but in 1994 was was incredibly revolutionary and. I, I just, I, I remember watching the movie and they get to like the, the infamous funeral scene. And I hear the song, I, and it, I perked up. It almost threw me out of the movie for a second. I'm like, what is, what is this? And I got the, the soundtrack album and burned through it. And I was like, oh, Bad Religion, huh? And I think maybe I had heard other Bad Religion songs before, but I don't think I really uh, – it, it, it didn't really click as like, oh, th- this is a band I need to pay attention to, but uh, but it, it it'll forever have that that connotation uh, with uh, with Clerks and with Bad Religion, uh, two uh, very special, passionate things for me that that kind of emerged at the same time. So that's that's my number ten, leaders and followers. I love it. Uh, just a, a quick sidebar: uh, Brad and I went as Jay and Silent Bob for Halloween this last year. It was a big success. <laughs> and Kevin Smith, he retweeted my picture. Now we're not talking about bad religion at all, but he retweeted our, my picture and I was so excited. So I'm with you. He's, he's a god. <laughs> yeah, so cool. All right, should I give you my number nine? Yes, please. The number nine is the title track from Generator. It's Generator. There's a hammer by the window. There's a knife on the floor. Like turbines in darkness. Like a blood on my door. That is Um, on my list as well. Yay! Okay, so where did it fall on your list? You'll find out. It's uh, (laughs) it it is it is significantly higher. Let's let's just put it that way for now. But yeah, generator is on my list, and I do have a story that uh, um actually no, I'll tell the story now. But you first, please. uh, uh, Thoughts on generator. Well, that, so to me, as far as Generator goes, that was probably one of the first Bad Religion songs I'd ever heard. That was definitely early BR for me, at least early discovering BR. Sure. And like um, when they were talking about like the blood on my door, I just thought like, I mean, some of the imagery in that song was so, yes. um, so rich and so vivid. And I was like a young kid, you know, listening to some of these lyrics that like oh, yeah. made me go like, holy cow, there's music out there like this. Like I, I had, I had no idea that music like that existed. Um, so yeah, that, that, it, it just really like turned me on to the fact that there, it, there are songs out there that are more advanced for someone my age um, to get me thinking about, you know, 
other things, bigger things than me. Um, no, you know, yeah. stuff that's not, that's outside of like what would be considered popular. Um, so that definitely was one of those songs that just like sparked my interest right, right out of the gate because there were, there's just, it's nothing but imagery, you know, like a hummingbird in silence, um, yeah. like the blood on my door, it's the generator, all of that. It just is very vivid. Um, so I really, yeah. So I really had to put that one on my list for sure. Uh, absolutely. And uh, for me, it's, it's one of those ones because I mean, it just, not only does it start off so strong, I mean, you know, just like a rock, you know, and, and all of that, but it, it, it's, it's a mission statement for that entire album. Um, oh, yeah. And, and for me, at least, though, so as I mentioned, it, my pick is a bit higher, and I actually chose a different version. I chose the live version, um, a.k.a. the festival version um, ah. off of uh, Tested from 1997. And I did nice. so for a very specific reason. That was not the first time I've, uh, I heard that song, uh, but I, it was, um, it was, I think it was the first time I had heard the festival version. Sure. Um, and so it just, you know, and even in the, in that version in tested, he, uh, uh, the crowd is trying to sing along with him and it's all in the wrong key. So they're, they're singing faster than Greg is singing. He's like, I think I saw you in the wrong key. Sorry about that. And, and it's, and it's so fun, but there's, but there's an ad lib in there that I, uh, um, uh, I, I think it was two years ago when they were here in Seattle, he did the, um, it actually gave the audience a choice. It's like, okay, so we're going to do generator. You want, you want to, you want the album version <sighs> or do you want the festival version? <sighs> and, and, and it dominated. So he starts off in like the slow uh, build up to it, but there's, um, uh, there, there's an ad lib in there, and he's like, yeah, "There's an ugly laughing man. He's standing right beside me." And <laughs> that, and that's in the that's in the tested version. So as I'm singing along, I sing that out loud. Oh, that's awesome! Dude standing next to me, kind of like does this uh, side eye thing. I'm like, oh, sorry. It's, it's the tested version. It's the thing. It's the thing. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, it's all good. But, but yeah, it, it caught him off guard because yeah, I said out loud, there's an ugly laughing man. Yeah. He's standing right beside me. <laughs> so, That's um, so, so fantastic. So yeah. So for me, uh, uh, generator has a, has a couple different uh, meanings for me. It's a, it, it's a classic. So, um, so, uh, my number nine is probably one of the most bizarre, um, and maybe even baffling choices on my list. My number nine is from 2013's Christmas songs. It's the lead off track. It's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic hearts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Christ the highest heaven And, yes! and I love that album so much. One, it's just 19 minutes of Christmas songs and it's, uh, and it's great. But I, um, this, this is a, 
example of me kind of trying to put my money where my mouth is because I remember posting about this at the time when it came out and saying, well, not only is this the best version or, or you know, rock version, not, not traditional standard version of this song, but I think this is in my top bad religion songs of all time because it's, it starts off with, uh, with cold vocals that, that, that just chills you to the bone. And then um, like a third of the way through, like the, the next verse, it kicks in with the full band and it becomes everything you want about a bad religion song. It's got the fast drums. It's got the, the chord progression. It's got the, um, you know, it's got, it got the multi-part harmonies, but there, there's something about the way that, that Greg sings. I can hear the exclamation point in Hark the Herald. He's like, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. <laughs> and I just, I, 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 it, it always sticks with me. And every time around the holidays, I, I give that a, a, a good handful of spins. Um, Absolutely. Oh so, so yeah. So that's me putting my money where my mouth is. I can't say that it's uh, one of my all time favorite bad religion songs and not put it on my list, but that's my number nine. Hark the Herald Angels Sing off of Christmas songs. You know what's so funny? I hadn't even considered that album like for this, but that is, I mean, I listened to Bad Religion Christmas songs on repeat basically the whole season. And I love, so I love when he goes, when it goes from that, like just open singing at the beginning and then the guitar goes, yeah, it's just great. And then at the very end when um, it slows it down, it's that glory to, he goes all slow with it. It's great. So I'm, I'm into it. Well, and I think what makes Christmas songs such, a, and any of their Christmas covers that they've done, what makes them so special is that they do it earnestly. There, mm-hmm. there, there's no tongue in cheek. And, and again, these, these are heavily, um, you know, uh, with religious th- themes, but instead of doing it with, you know, a smart alecky uh, perspective, you know, they, they just do it as straight ahead and as earnestly as possible. So it, it is, it is weird to hear Greg Graffin singing about Jesus, our Lord, but, but man, it's, they, they just sell it and it is just uh, uh, so iconic. Good choice. Very good choice. Um, so my number eight, I'm going through, I'm going into uh, title tracks from albums is, is kind of what the next few are. <laughs> sure. uh, number eight is No Control from No Control. I believe these words you hear when you think your path is clear. We have no control. Um, and I just think that's, you know, again, like in, in talking earlier about um, how the, the songs that they wrote decades ago still resonate. I mean, that that song would have been applicable a hundred years ago. Um, it'll be applicable a hundred years from now. Yes. Um, as far as just, you know, the way that we are in our lives, that we have to answer to all of these different things, whether it's work or um, the government or whatever it might be like, we're not really in command. We're not really in control. Um, You know, it's just, it's just really interesting um, to listen to, you know, a song that very accurately explains what like, like human culture is Um, that we are, you know, you even talk about like leaders and followers, like, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody has to be, a leader or a follower, um, kind of no control makes me think a little bit, um, along those lines as well. Um, you know, that, that at the end of the day, 
we're going to live, we're going to die. We have no control over that. We're going to go through the motions like everybody else. And then when we're gone, the next phase comes in. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's just kind of one of those songs that I always uh, really enjoyed um, with the fact that it, it, it transcends generations. It transcends, yeah. um, you know, centuries. Um, and, and yeah, so I gotta, gotta put that one on my list. Absolutely. A uh, great choice. That, that was another narrow miss for me. Didn't make my top 10. Uh, but, uh, the thing that I always love about that, because like, I mean, so many, so many of these are just great sing-along songs and, and there's something to, to that last refrain of, you know, you know, we have no control and it just, it just goes right into it. And it's, uh, um, you know, he holds when he holds that long note. That's a uh, uh, no control. <laughs> this isn't a karaoke night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep singing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I could do that all all ding dong day. It is it's so great, and it and it's it's interesting though because like I have I've never been brave enough to try any bad religion songs at karaoke, and and I think you you need the harmonies though it's oh, like, yeah. you know so like if you get if you get like a couple friends you know to do some backup you probably got something there but yeah yes. uh, yeah by yourself it's it's and and again greg's voice is just so it it's i mean it's great punk rock voice because it's 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 gruff it's gravelly but it's also smooth and intelligible i mean i'm i'm a lead singer guy you know like uh, uh some folks are you know guitar guys or they're lyrics guys i'm i'm all about what personality the lead singer puts out so mm-hmm. and and i think greg graffin is uh is one of the greats and totally and and that actually kind of transitions uh, uh, really nicely to my number eight from 2002's The Process of Belief. It's a single, it's a big, big hit, but it needs a spot on the list. I'm going with Sorrow. When I went through my list, Brad was judging me for not having it on my list. So I'm glad it's on yours. He was like, dude, what about Sorrow? Yeah. I know, I know. I didn't have enough room. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those ones to where it's almost too big, right? And it, it, I'll be honest, it didn't make my original cut. So I, and it was once I kind of reshuffled, I'm like, yes, it's the big song, but it's, and, and that's why it needs to be on the list. Um, and you know, just re-listening to it because it, since it is so big, I don't revisit it often, but, um, I, I'm a, <laughs> I, I am a lifelong ACDC fan. And what I have found is that any song could be made better with cannon fire. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, like we know this to be true. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, uh, so that's why, uh, sorrow is my number eight. I love it. Um, that song also, I have cried seeing it live in concert. That, oh my gosh. It, it's a very powerful song. So good choice. Yeah. There's a, uh, Greg has done a couple different stripped down versions of it. And, and again, it, it will tear your heart out. Oh yeah, for Oof. sure. Um, so are we at number seven? Is that where we are now? Yes. Yeah. You're number seven. So another title track from an album. I went with Suffer. Suffer. 
suffer i don't know maybe it's on your list i know it is on a lot of lists out there um but you know i think it just kind of speaks to what it is to be to be human in a a, you know a a society that is you know has flaws Mm -hmm. um and you know that's just another one that kind of makes it makes that comparison to like you know that we're we're all the same we're all suffering in some way every yes. single person is suffering in some way um doesn't matter if you're if you're poor or you're wealthy there's something in your life that's suffering maybe it's you know whether it's financial or in your heart or in your mind like everybody is suffering um so that's a that's why i chose that song i just think it's super powerful i think they're i think they're all super powerful songs oh, yeah. but suffer is definitely for me one of the ones that just uh really really gets me in the feels Absolutely. Well, and as as you said uh, so eloquently, it's it's so multifaceted and so multi layered. Um, you know, we've talked about that in context with several other songs. But yeah, it's one of those things to where it's like you've got it on surface, but then like an onion, there's there's layers, mm-hmm. and and then um, you know, depending upon what your life experience is that particular day that uh, that you listen to it, it it, it takes on uh, so many different meanings and i and i love that so many of their songs have that have that uh chameleon texture to it to where mm-hmm. it's just and, and that and that's just good songwriting oh you know, absolutely if if you can have it in multiple contexts and you know even like as you age you know it's like you know that that song meant something different to me when i was 20 than it means mm-hmm. to me when i'm 40 you know that that kind of thing um but yet it it's the same song um did not make my list and at this point i i i think i i need to uh, make a confession to you Uh-oh. and the audience the thing that that i have noticed as with uh with my re-listens and compiling my lists is that the um a lot of the older stuff doesn't quite resonate and click with me as some of the newer stuff and i think the reason for that is you know we all have our entry points right and whatever our entry point is 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 kind of what becomes our thing, you know, the thing that we're, that we're more precious about. So I came to a lot of the uh, back catalog uh, via the uh, All Ages album, the, uh, the that sure. compilation that came out in uh, 96, maybe. Um, I, I think it was after both No Substance and, and New America. So maybe that's in the early 2000s. I'm getting this all mixed up. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, but but I, I I came to it much later, and it's it's raw, it's visceral, and it is kind of a stark, weird contrast from some of the more contemporary stuff. And and it's interesting because like a, a lot in the fan community um, doesn't necessarily. Um, speak highly of uh, some of those albums like you know between uh, New America and uh, No Substance and and even uh, Stranger Than Fiction and uh, Recipe for Hate you know all, all those kind of get lumped in one era and there's obviously classics but um, it, it is weird because like I think that fans can be very partisan um, about it so I, I guess in a sense that's my confession in that like the earlier stuff doesn't quite 
um, it, it's not the stuff that I specifically call to when I, I, I kind of gravitate towards the newer stuff. Like I really, really like the new album. I, uh, um, I didn't include anything in there uh, because I think it's too new. Um, you know, it's kind of, kind of needs to sit for a few, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's just one of those weird thought exercises. When you think of a band that has a 40 year longevity history, how you can have those different eras and how those different yeah. eras can mean, uh, mean different things to, uh, different, uh, different folks. So that being said, I, all of this is set up for, uh, my number seven and, uh, my number seven is from the new America, there will be a way. And and I included that because um, that that was a late addition. And it's a song that's been rattling around in my head for the last week or so. Uh, what with what's uh, going on with uh, civil unrest. Uh, you know, we, we've got race riots on the scale of the early 60s. And the um, not just the lyrics, but also just kind of like there, there's it's a very harmony heavy song. So it's a lot of, ah, and it just, it has a, um, warming texture to it. You know, it's like, you know, now it's time to set the agenda, learn the past, make it last, you know, share the wealth, hold your fire, conserve life, you know, make it right. Uh, uh, kill the hate, negotiate, there will be a way. And it just, I, I just, I cannot get that out of my head so much so to where I was going to talk about it at length in my honorable mentions, but it's like, it, it's resonating so hard with me right now. Like, yeah, like last month, my most of my list probably would have been different. Maybe a couple yeah. now my list might be significantly different. But for now, that that song is just it, it's just really hitting me in a big bad way. So that's uh, that's my number seven. There will be a way. Nice choice. My number six is Atheist Peace from Empire Strikes First. Yeah, And, you know, I don't talk about, I don't talk about my, you know, talk about religion much in general because it can be a very polarizing conversation. Of course. Um, but I have been an atheist my entire life. Um, and so that song just always really um, kind of, I don't know, it felt like finally a song was written for people like, like me. Because um, yeah. there's a lot of music out there that, uh, you know, is, you know, faith-based um, or, you know, a lot, and a lot of people, um, you know, are, are afraid to even uh, admit that they're atheists because they think they're going to be judged because there are so many people um, that practice, you know, different religions and things like that. But for me, I have always felt an atheist piece. And uh, yeah. so that song just really, again, it was, it felt like a song that was, um, was for me. And, you know, we talk about, you know, the different wars of the world at, that go back as long as, you know, as time has existed. Um, and you know, there's, there's so many wars that were started because of yes. religion and I'm not saying that religion is bad. I mean, I can tell you 
many, many great things about religion and, um, and, uh, and, and things that you can learn in different uh, books of worship. I, I'm not saying anything negative, but there is um, something to be said about, you know, that these, these great, some of these great wars were kind of started over a, a difference of opinion in what to believe. And there is something to be said about an atheist piece. So um, that song just always, for me, felt very personal. Um, and I, I had to, I had to put it in there. That was one when you're talking about the middle and where to put things. Yeah. I, I struggled at first. I think I even had it at like number three and then I bumped it back a little yeah. bit. But, um, I definitely, uh, that's, that's one that the first time I heard it on that empire strikes first album, that whole album really was a super important album to me. Um, but yeah. that song just was like, that was my jam for sure. So how, um, how do you feel, uh, longevity wise about the, the albums that are more, uh, timely. So like, so like, for example, Empire Strikes First was very much a response to the, the Bush era. Um, yeah. Much like Age of Unreason is definitely a response to the Trump administration to the point where I, I remember talking to uh, some friends like right around the time of the election and, you know, we, the result was what it was. And I, I thought for a sec as I was, you know, kind of desperate for silver linings, I'm like, I bet you we're going to get a really good Bad Religion album out of this. And, the, and and word on the street is that they are um, writing another album now, and I am so curious to hear what they could be up to right now, yeah. um, and just even 2020 as a whole. Like, I, I oh. hope they're not done writing. I hope that they, you know, write it out for a little bit, because I think that this year is going to be an extremely significant year um, for many reasons. Yeah. But I think, what what will the Bad Religion album sound like next? Because... Uh, I feel like we're going to need it. We're going to need it. Um, you know, and, and they, these, these albums, to your point, they like put a stamp in time um, and remind us kind of where we came from and, and what we went through in, in, you know, certain eras and certain, you know, you know, presidential times, whatever it yes. might be. Um, so I love that it's almost kind of like a little bit of a history lesson or a little bit of a trip back in time. Um, I think they are, have done a fantastic job of, uh, of always kind of, um, capturing the feelings and the and the you know situations that we that we lived through um yeah so i'm, I'm, I'm all about that i love i love that they <laughs> um that they make a point of you know remembering and and putting lyrics to the reality of the times um so yes i'm all about it very cool. Well, and, and I wanted to chat about that for, for just a moment because so far, most of the conversation has involved, uh, you know, kind of like the, the timelessness. Like there, there's a timelessness to suffer, no control, generator, uh, sorrow. And, and yeah, so, you know, kind of like those, those albums that, that put their stamp on things, those are also really special and, and in a way are kind of a, a, a time capsule as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. It's a good, they have such a good mix of the timeless and the, you know, like the, the, um, the current, I guess. The yeah, timeless timely. and the current. Yeah. yeah. Timeless and the timely. I like that. There it is. There it is. Very cool. All right. So that was your number six atheist piece. My number six is from, we were talking about the Atlantic era uh, earlier. Uh, mine is from 1998's No Substance. It is Strange Denial. Correct is consensus. Everything else nonsense. Forward is the hope. Forget recompense. Peace and the wealthy, dirt for the masses, and it 
That is a good choice. And it's, it's, it's a deep cut. And, yeah, it is. And, and it's one of those ones where, you know, th- there are certain tunes that just stick with you, you know, whether it's a, a riff, whether it's a lyric, whether it's a refrain. And for me, it's a lot of those specifically, like, like the, I mean, the riff is just iconic, just a da na 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 And I just, I constantly get that stuck in my head. Uh, but one of the things that, that I, uh, I, I like, and I, I was really trying to think about if there's another song that does this, Bad Religion or No, but there's, um, uh, there's, there's very effective use of pausing. In, uh, ah, in, yes. in, the, in this song where and even like you can hear Greg taking a breath where he's like, I feel a strange denial. And it, and it just and I've uh, I've referred to it in some of the groups uh, on Facebook as as a weaponized pause, because it's, it's one of those things to where it, it makes you stop and pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I think just for the, the uh, creativeness and innovativeness um, of that. And, and again, it's, it's just so catchy and it just, it, it's so resonant and sticks with me. So that is why it's my number six, a strange denial from a no substance. <laughs> Good choice. Pausing is powerful, by the way. That's what they yeah. say. Pausing is powerful. Well, and, and that's um, and that's what they teach us, like in speaking and stuff too. Yeah, you know, it's totally. Like, you no, know, it's okay to Take just stop for a sec. Yeah. Yep. Totally. And, and I think that's thoroughly illustrated in in this uh, in this tune. No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. Right into the mailbag at mikecyberradio at gmail.com. And of course, the spelling on that is S E I B E R T. You've got mail. Everybody loves you. Man, top half, man. It's a. It's, I know. It's getting real now. It's getting juicy. Yeah, uh, my number. <laughs> my number five is off process of belief, and it's bored and extremely dangerous. I'm bored to the extreme. This world of foolish dreams, disillusion. Yeah, sure, I might do harm and bear my right to arm retribution. If only someone would listen to me. which I really like because there's like a, you know, there's a, um, a stigma that has existed for so long about talking about mental health. And this, what year did Process of Belief come out? Was that early 2000s? 2002. 2002, thank you. So, um, you know, I think even now we're, we're still struggling to end the stigma of talking about mental health, but I love that this song really kind of addressed mental health about being bored and extremely dangerous to yourself. You know, yeah. you're alone. Um, you don't have anybody to talk to. Nobody's listening to you, um, you know, and you can be, you know, it, it's just basically like talking about the fact that, um, you know, that being bored and extremely dangerous, um, it, you know, is a very real thing for a lot of us that may be struggling with, um, you know, various mental health concerns. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, again, a song written in, you know, or, or released in 2002 that we can still very much um, relate to today. And it is very, very good to see that in 20 years we have made progress um, as far as 
talking about mental health and addressing it and knowing that like, hey, you're not alone and somebody's here, somebody can listen. Um, that's why I think Boredom Extremely Dangerous is such a great and cool Bad Religion song. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talked a lot earlier about some of the appeal of Bad Religion songs being kind of like that that uh, stripped down production. This runs the other direction and has insane production value. And, and it even in like your headphones, you know, there's a lot of stereo panning, uh, like with, uh, with the alarm clocks and the layered vocals, there's a lot going on in that song. And I, I like that that's a tradition that kind of held over for a couple albums where like the, like the last pair of songs are like, kind of like they're, um, I, I, I don't want to say experimental, but they're, they're outside of the, of the norm. You know, where yeah, it's definitely. like, I mean, it's very much a bad religion song, but it's a, it is a different bad religion song because of that, of that more elaborate production, I think. Certainly. Very cool. All right. So my number five, uh, we are going to 1994 Stranger Than Fiction, the first bad religion album that I bought. Um, you know, so I, I mentioned that I, um, you know, I, I, got onto bad religion through the clerk soundtrack so from there i went to the warehouse music store and flipped through the things and stranger than fiction was the was the new album at the time snapped it up and it is it is probably my favorite album um there there are probably albums that are more complete and maybe more objectively better but again in context of you never forget your first i um i love that record through and through uh my pick for number five is infected Guess who has that on her list? Nice. Very <laughs> cool. Very cool. I mean, you, you can't, you can't not. I mean, you know, we, we talked earlier about, you know, some of the bigger songs maybe not having a spot in, you know, our top 10. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, that you included that. Uh, uh, tell me yeah. about your thoughts about it. <laughs> um, so, well, first of all, that when I, I remember when I first, I think I, I think I wasn't super familiar with the song. And then when I heard it, it was, it was like later. And I thought it sounded oh. like a, like at the time I thought it sounded like a new bad religion song. And then I was like, yeah. Oh, this is on stranger than fiction. How did I, I like, I don't know how I missed it. So I remember thinking it sounded new to me, which I guess is kind of a, um, you know, a little bit of a unicorn thing with, with, uh, with, yeah. with bad religion, because I feel like their new music sounds very much like their new, music and then like some of those classic songs sound a little more classic and I kind of thought Infected sounded a little bit more modern um but I think I mean it's just a really a really cool song it's um almost sounds like the uh you know imbalance of 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 the uh, what is the word I'm looking for um oh my gosh my brain is totally blanking right now mm. um but basically like almost like codependence I guess in yes. the song Infected. That's oh, the oh very much for. so um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm all about it. It is, it's a little higher on my list, but, um, yeah, yeah it's a really good one. Well, and, and there's, there, there are some bizarre lyric choices in there. Cause it, it makes me wonder, I mean, cause like, you know, some of the other albums in the, in that Atlantic era is very much 
Greg dealing with his divorce. I wonder if infected is maybe like the first part of that because yeah, there's there again, there's some bizarre lyric choices in there. Like, you know, you're, you're clear as a heavy lead curtain want to drill you Um, like an ocean. We can work it out. Now I'm running out and it's like, and and it's one of those things where like in language, like uh, uh, punctuation helps. And it's like, where does the punctuation go in those sentences? Yeah, <laughs> you know, for sure. It's, it, is it like, you know, you're clear as a heavy lead curtain, period? <laughs> um, and that, yeah. you know, I want to drill you, period? Or is it, you know, you're you know, clear as a heavy lead curtain, comma, want to drill, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, it, it's one of those things, if you think about it too much, it, uh, it just kind of messes with you a little bit. I, I mess with your head a little bit. Well, and I just yeah. think that it's very creative that, you know, you and me have a disease, you affect me, you infect me, yes. I'm afflicted, you're addicted. It's just the cool, like, cool... Um, I don't know, uh, juxtaposition yeah. of those words and things yes. like that. It's, it's very, it's very creative, very clever. Well, and, and they've got a lot of those cool rhyming refrains as well. And, and again, brilliant use of the harmonies and it's just, oh my gosh. I mean, to the point where, uh, sometimes I think folks that don't like bad religion, I think some of the criticism is that it kind of comes across as monotone at times and and infected is one of those ones where you could say that like especially in that in that uh um section that you were just talking about it can to a non-fan's ears kind of sound kind of a uh, uh monochromatic uh for yeah. for lack of a better term and kind of like a weird droning uh monotone um, i get it yeah it's interesting i mean i love it it's a it's a it's a great tune um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's infected at number five for me. Uh, your number four. My number four is off recipe for hate and it's American Jesus. We got the American Jesus. See him on the interstate. We've got the American Jesus. He outbuilt the president's Um, I don't know if you've ever watched the music video. I assume you have. Yes. Okay, so that Let's music talk video, about it, I remember, yeah. oh my God, the first time I watched it, I was like, whoa, this is like really intense in like a good way. Um, if, you, if anybody that hasn't seen it should just watch it. But mm-hmm. the fact that it's him um, on a, I think he's riding a bike through like Los Angeles and everybody around him is carrying huge, huge, huge crosses, just, yeah. just slogging these crosses. Um, around, around like going up escalators and walking all over the place. Um, and yeah, it just kind of, um, and then of course the word, like the words to the song, we've got the American Jesus. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you know, when you talk about the, what, what is the American Jesus, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, the American Christianity is very different than Christianity in other um, parts of the world. Um, and it, you know, it just kind of, it, there's a little bit of that, like, oh, oh, holier than holier than thou. We've got the American Jesus, like, mm-hmm. um, and you can come here, but go home because we've got the American Jesus, kind of a thing. Exactly. Um, and it talks, it, it, you know, it definitely um, brings up the um, you know separation of church and state type of um, situation as well. With you know, we helped build the president's estate, and yep. you know, all these different um, themes about uh, you know the American Jesus. Um, so, oh, and did you know that Eddie Vedder? Uh, does the backing vocals on that song? Oh, really? I didn't know that. I I know that he's uh, on a what is it? Watch it die. I think on a, yeah. He's on one other song. I think yeah, he's on he's, one other song in that. 
yeah, and recipe. But yeah, no, I did not know that actually. That's yeah. uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and and I mean, such a powerful song. It is on my list as well. Um, that that has uh, that has a lot of uh, special significance for me as well. I've uh, I've actually used it as a theme song for my podcast to where. Um, and it, it was just another one of those things where the riff just sticks with you. And I yeah. was thinking about how I wanted to do the imaging for my podcast. And, you know, I was listening to various uh, uh, Bad Religion songs because that was kind of the vibe I wanted. But then I just kept hearing da 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 and I just I I couldn't I couldn't shake it so much so to where that's just what I used. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and, and it's just classic. And one of the things that's also uh, special and spectacular about American Jesus is that it's so subversive in that, you know, it's, it's all of the things that you said, but it's also an indictment on American nationalism as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, and again, it's layers on layers, you know, I, I, uh, I, I saw a video on YouTube, uh, it's, it's pretty popular in the, in the, uh, bad religion fan community, but it's like, there's, uh, there's these YouTubers, they're a couple and they're Christians and they watch, uh, punk rock videos. I, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they watched American Jesus and you can see where, you know, just through their body language, they got chips on their shoulders and they're just, you know, ready for it. But then you can see the wheels turning, uh, the the arms uncross as they're, you know, leaning closer and listening and really uh, understanding the the meaning of those lyrics aside from the religious criticism. It's also sure. a, a brilliant, brilliant indictment on, on, on American culture as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's just powerful. And, you know, you had mentioned the, the music video and I wanted to, uh, uh one last thing before, uh, before we move on, uh, there were a few of the music videos, including American Jesus that were directed by, uh, uh, Gore, Gore Verbinski. He's, uh, he's the dude that directed them pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because like, if you go back and watch like that, that first pirates movie, it at times it has kind of that that weird sepia tone that yep. that the American Jesus video has. So and there's oh that's too funny. I did yeah, not know that. Yeah, there's a and it's weird. It's kind of like you know weird filmmaking things. It's kind of where he cut his teeth. He did uh, he did three uh, four or five bad religion songs and then like a couple uh, no effect songs maybe an MXPX um, as well. But yeah, so he kind of did some like you know '90s punk. And then suddenly, you know, he becomes like the, this auteur uh, filmmaker that, that gets snapped up by Disney to do pirate movies. But there's wild. Th- there is there is some weird connective tissue. If you go watch those movies again, as well as the music videos, you'll you'll kind of see some. Uh, um, you might look at it from a, for, through a different kaleidoscope. It's a very interesting. interesting. Thank yeah. you for that tidbit. Yeah, yeah, totally. So and that's uh, so that's your number four, um, American Jesus from uh, the recipe for hate. Um, and we're just going to bounce right back to you because my number four, um, like the blood on my door, is the generator. Oh, the beginning of generator. Like a rock, like a planet.
I think I started you in the wrong key. Sorry about that. Like a twist before dying, like a pornographic sea. There's a fire behind the window. There's an ugly laughing man. He's standing right beside me. Like a heavy burden silent, like the blood on my door. It's a generator. Yeah, that, that's where I, I put it. that. And and again, and and I think I put it so high is one because quite frankly, I wanted to make sure that I had a, not just a classic, but a early era classic high up on the list. Um, just a just to make sure I don't get flamed too much. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, like, I mean, again, like the story I shared earlier and just, you know, I mean, again, it's such a great song and is so fun and great live. I, I love it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, well then I'm going to have to throw it back to you because my number yeah. three is infected. So. Ah. Yeah. Oh man, it's 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 getting it's getting to it now. Oh, no, I'm man. so I feel like I feel like we might have some crossover in one and two also. I don't know. I, I have this feeling in my heart. I, I think so. I think so. We'll we'll see how this goes. So my number three is a song that is incredibly special to me. And um it, it, it's one of those things where I, I don't even know where to start talking about it. So I'm just going to start talking about it. Uh, from, from 1996's The Grey Race, it is the concluding track, It Seats. It's heart wrenching, and 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 I think that's why it has stuck with me ever since I came across it. It's like, and again, you know, I I, I 
a lot of common themes and uh, repeating myself at this point, but like, you know, um, certain riffs, that opening riff just kind of gets you. But then, you know, it starts off as just kind of like a regular, regular bread and butter, bad religion song. But then once it kind of slows down and gets into the first verse, you know, uh, blacktop pavement, cover me. And just, you know, the, the it, it just, it gets more progressively sad. It's a sad, sad song. Yeah. And, and to the point where, where like when he gets to uh, the last part of the last verse, uh, you know, he talks about, you know, grave memorial, hewn white stone, you know, like a, a comforting caress of a mother or a friend you've always known. It invokes such pain and significance. What was once- I'm getting goosebumps right now. Yeah, I, I know. And I just, I, my, my throat clinches every time I hear it. And it's, you know, it's, it's a song and an album that I have been with for, 25 years and mm-hmm. even now it still has that same effect on me as it did when I first uh, uh, when I first heard it and you know and not to be incredibly morbid but I I have made it known that you know at a at you know when 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 Big Mike's time comes to an end I would really no. I would really like that because the thing also that is so um heartbreakingly powerful about it is just how abruptly it ends you know it's just everything must and it just yeah ends um i like the other versions of it as well like uh greg graffin does like a like a piano version of it he does oh yes i've seen that live before yeah and and again it just it just tears your heart out but it's like this, I think, you know, so 1996, I'd have been maybe a, uh, a freshman, sophomore in high school. And I think this was one of my first encounters with music that truly made me feel something. And, you know, I mean, aside from, um, you know, the, the, the usual like joy and calamity that you get from punk rock, that this was something different. This was something sure. uh, significant and special. And, and again, the only description I can use for it is heart wrenching. Cause it, it just, mm-hmm. again, it's, it is so sad. It's just so sad, but that's it, a really uh, good pick, Mike. Thank Kudos you. to you. Yeah. You. I'm, I'm, I'm here for that for sure. You know, and, um, and, and it was one of those ones that like, you know, it, it started lower. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, it needs to be this high because in terms of like resonance to me personally, it's just like, I, I can't bury it. I, I, yeah. I have to, I have to put it on a, as, as close to front street as possible. So, you know, when I, when I said that, you know, like my top and bottom were kind of locked in this, this, this was always in that mix. This was the so, anchor. Yeah. I love very, it. Very much so. So that's um, my number three. Well, thank you for that. My number two, I'll be curious if this is in your top two, is 21st Century Digital Boy. Cause I'm a 21st Century Digital Boy. I don't know how to live, but I got a lot of toys. My daddy's a lazy middle class intellectual. My mommy's a valium, so ineffectual. Ain't like a mystery. And... This is from Against the Grain, and um, yeah. this one I actually toyed with with my one and two for a for a minute, but my number one is actually we'll get to that in a minute. But it's yes. similar to your number your number ten. You never forget your first, and my oh. I put my my first is my it. first. I love but, it. Uh, 20, I love it. Twenty first century digital boy is um, 
you know, I just think it's something that so many people can relate to as far as like what home life is like and what the yes. world around you is like. And, um, you know, just, it, just kind of, you know, watching mom and dad go through the motions or, or yep. whatever it is. Um, it's just a really cool, cool song. It's very, very catchy. It's super oh. easy to sing along with. It's yes. very anthemic. Um, watching it live, it's always absolutely sensational. Um, and you know, honestly, if there's somebody out there that's not super familiar with bad religion, they've probably heard this song. It, exactly. Um, so I felt like I had to put it on my list. Um, it's my number two. I, I feel that 21st century digital boy is the song that you give to somebody that doesn't know what bad religion is because it is, you know, it, it's, it's like copyright TM, TM, bad religion, because it, 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 it is everything that uh, that a bad religion song is supposed to be, and it kind of gets you know uh, again we we've um, uh, me in particular I've I've got some bizarre choices on my list, but there's something about it being such a prevalent single and being everywhere to like I mean arguably there was a time that you couldn't get away from it, and mm -hmm. and there are fans that I would say. Um, you know, well within their rights that, you know, it's overplayed and kind of overdone and, you know, to the point where they did it twice, you know, they, they yeah. did it on against the grain, um, but they also redid it on uh, uh, Stranger Than Fiction. And that's, uh, um, that's the version that, uh, that I pick as well. Um, I, I like, I like that, that Stranger Than Fiction version um, yeah. because it, because it has the, the, the slicker production, but I, I do, I do love them both all also because they are almost different because mm -hmm. like um you know when i was talking earlier about different eras you you can also hear where greg's voice kind of uh matures and and um i don't want to say ages that's not exactly what i mean but but it it, it gets deeper whereas i sure. think some sometimes with like some of the early stuff and why it doesn't always resonate with me he sounds like he's an angry 50, 15 year old boy on, on some of those. And whereas by the time you get to the 90s stuff, you know, he's a, he's a disaffected man. And it's, yeah. uh, and, and those, those two Greg Graffins are, are different people. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of it is just, you know, influenced by their life experience and things like that as well. But um, yeah, that's a, yeah, I mean, 21st Century Digital Boy, I believe, uh, despite being the most prevalent single, I believe it is the most prevalent uh, bad religion song for a very important reason in that it is, again, is emblematic of everything that they are about as a band. It's so, a gateway song. It's a bad religion gateway song for sure. It very much is. So, um, so uh, my number two is American Jesus. Yeah, we've got the American Jesus. See him on the interstate. We've got the American Jesus exercising his authority. We've got the American Jesus bolstering national faith. We've got the American Jesus overwhelming millions every day. Um, so that that's where I put that. Um, again, it's it's incredibly important to me. Um, so and and we already talked about it. So we don't necessarily need to do any further ado. But before Taryn Daly, you reveal your number one top ten bad religion song. Would you care to recap your ten through two for folks uh, that that might be just joining us? 
Yes. So my 10 was dearly beloved. Number nine, generator. Number eight, no control. Number seven is suffer. Number six is atheist peace. Number five, bored and extremely dangerous. Number four, American Jesus. Number three, infected. Number two, 21st century digital boy. And number one, drum roll please. I want to conquer the world. Yes. <laughs> Very good. I love first bad religion song I ever heard. Um, and, um, but I want to conquer the world. I just think it is, it's another one of those like anthemic, like everybody's got their fists in the air singing along. Um, hands down, one of the best live bad religion songs anybody um, will ever, will ever see. Um, but you know, it is, you know, I want to conquer the world, give all the idiots a brand new religion, put an end to poverty, uncleanliness and toil, promote equality in all of my decisions with a good wink of the eye. And a God, you must be joking. So, you know, it's just got really, really great sing-along ability. Sing-along ability, is that a word? It is. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, kind of this, um, you know, that, that conquering the world is a little bit of a, uh, that, that, no, one's, no one's ever going to do it. You can't do it. You're, right. you're never going to, it's, it's an unrealistic thing. You're never going to please everyone. Um, you know, it's it, it, in, a, in a perfect world. Um, you know, you, you imagine all of these things happening, but it's just not a reality. And I just, I really love that song. Absolutely. Well, and as young punks, that's, that's all we want to do. You know, that's all we want to do is conquer the world. And it, it is interesting. And that's a fantastic number one. I, I, I love it. Uh, but it, it, is, it is emblematic of what I was talking about earlier with the, the changes in Greg's voice. This is the most young Greg song that ever young Greg, because he just, I mean, he's almost whiny. He's like, and I want, I mean, it's just so raw and visceral. It's like screaming. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Oh, you know, even we, I, I totally missed this. We uh, we talked about Generator twice, and we didn't even talk about the scream in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bite the blood on my door. Oh, yes. Dang. Oh! Yeah, which, which he does not do anymore. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. That would blow my vocal cords yeah. right out. Nah, nah, especially halfway through a set. You, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, recapping my list, uh, 10 through 2. Number 10, Leaders and Followers. Number 9, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Number 8, Sorrow. Number 7, There Will Be a Way. Number 6, Strange Denial. Number 5, Infected. Number 4, Generator. Number 3, Cease. I'm still getting all weepy thinking about it. Number two, my number two was American Jesus. And uh, in the uh, anti-climax, uh, my, uh, my number one is 21st Century Digital Boy. And then you don't. 
we were going to have a crossover in the top two. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you kind of, you, you have to, and, you and have like, to. um, awesome list. You, uh, you did an awesome list, my friend. That's very, very, Hey, cool. you know what? This was so much fun because, um, let me tell you, this band again has influenced my life at every single stage. It's always, everything is always relevant. Everything is always, um, important. Uh, sometimes I just have to hit the reset button on yeah. like life in general and listen to this band because um, it really kind of puts everything into perspective for me and kind of reminds me why I do what I do. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so we, we talked about some of the struggles with our, with our top tens. Um, any honorable mentions that, you know, uh, near misses, things that didn't quite make your list. I've, uh, I've got a couple. Well, another one. So uh, we're only going to die from our own arrogance. That's actually another one that um, there was a sublime version of that as well, um, which I discovered later, um, you know, in in my listenings. I actually came to find out that sublime has covered many, many artists, but they actually sublime covered that song and they do a totally different version of it. It's if you've never listened to it, it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if I have. Sublime. They were huge fans of Bad Religion too, so it is always really cool to find out, like the Eddie Vedders of the world, the Sublimes of the world, um, how the how this band has actually influenced them in their music making. Um, but that's one that I really like. Um, what would be another good honorable mention for me? I like I'm gonna go through back through my list. Oh, do what you want, do what you want. Off yes. Suffer. Oh, that's that's one that that actually that almost took my Suffer spot. Um, yeah. it, was, it was really between those two songs off of that album. Um, and at the last minute, I, I scribbled out Do What You Want and put mm-hmm. Suffer instead. But um, Do What You Want has always been um, uh, a, a big part of Taryn's life. What about <laughs> you? What are, what, are, what are maybe two more of yours? I, uh, I like Won't Somebody. Uh, the there's there's three different versions of it. One was uh, first, it was uh, an acoustic version on the deluxe version of New Maps of Hell. Um, so the, I, that wasn't the first place I heard it, though. The first place I heard it was the live version on 30 Years Live. And that is still what I think is the most superior version of that uh, song. They did a studio version of it on Descent of Man, which is okay. It's fine. But uh, there was something in that that prototype uh, live version where like the arrangement was different. They moved some stuff around and I just, I I really like it. And it was one of those things, you know, we've talked about, you know, kind of like sadness and heartbreak. Uh, This was uh, a Descent of Man came out right about the time time that my uh, grandmother was uh, um, nearing the end of her uh, time with stage four breast breast cancer. And I remember this song just sticking with me so much where, you know, it's just like, you know, won't somebody please just come up with something. And, and I, I think that that that's also very resonant for uh, uh, for the times that we're in now. Very similar to there will be a way, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, and this is this is probably the most polarizing song in Bad Religion's uh, catalog, but I love it so much. Uh, raise your voice. How uh, how do you? Oh f- yeah. <laughs> I think I think that I think that could have very easily been in in, in the top ten without yeah. question. Yeah, fa 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 fa. And I love I love the part at the beginning where where Greg's just like, I think this is a song we could redo in every language of every country we go to, and it's just I love absolutely. When, I love when they leave that stuff in. 
where just yeah. like the, these weird ad libs and just kind of like the weird, um, um, you know, just kind of like interstitial uh, studio stuff. Uh, Beyond Electric Dreams, uh, uh, closing out uh, uh, Empire Strikes First. Again, yeah. very similar in counterpart to say like Bored and Extremely Dangerous, one of those more elaborate production songs. Totally. Um, they, uh, they played that in Seattle uh, uh, the last time they were here. And I think it was like the first time they had played it in like 10 years or something. It's Dang. not something they play often. So it was one of those things where it's like, and it takes a while for you to realize what song it is. It's like, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then uh, uh, finally, uh, Sanity. I, uh, I love Oh, yeah. And that's one of those ones where it's just, I, I remember like, uh, um, when, uh, when I got married, the day I got married uh, to my wife, I was, uh, I was driving, I was listening to that, uh, that all ages, uh, compilation that I was talking about earlier. And just like the, the whole lyric of there's a watch in my pocket and its hands are broken. broken. And, 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 and I had, uh, and I had a pocket watch with, with, with my tuxedo and I, um, just, uh, random. And I'm just like, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm like, well, but this one works, but it's just for some reason, just that, that, that weird association was, all, you know, when you, sometimes associate unrelated lyrics it's like that has nothing to do with anything but for some reason just I I've, I've always liked that one yeah and they sometimes have those songs that are like they're not slower but they're just slow they're not slow but they're slower than the average bad religion song and I have the cadence of that song that sanity is a full yes. it's like they're not speed singing it's just a cool like it, I don't know I really like the tempo of that song too it's kind of a a nice, um, you know, transition to some of the other songs on that album. Yeah, it, it's, and with their live sets and they put some of these songs in, it's like they've almost written songs to build a ideal live set. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah it's like, let's Very take a intentional. Break. Yeah. And I just, I, man, I just think this is great. So, um, you know, Taryn Daly, this has been so much fun. Um, I, uh, I, I think at this point we could, uh, we, we could talk for hours, <laughs> days, days, <laughs> days, but I think our, I think our time is, uh, running short. Um, so, but yeah, uh, uh Taryn Daly before, uh, before we part ways for now, uh, where can we find you on the internet? And how can we connect with you on the social medias? But most importantly, when can we listen to you on the radio? Well, you can listen to me actually now Monday through Saturday on uh, 99.9 KISW from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. Yes, I'm doing Saturdays um, as well to keeping you company uh, tonight. Um, or if you're not watching right now, whenever that next Saturday is coming around. Um, and my handle on Twitter and Instagram is at Taryn, K-I-S-W. And if you search for Taryn Daily on Facebook, you should be able to find me right there. And Daily is spelled D-A-L-Y. Awesome. Very cool. And um, any, uh, anything exciting or uh, that you've got coming up that, uh, that you want to promo real quick before, uh, before we part ways? Uh, well, this is just something really cool that I'll let you know. Um, I went to WSU, go Cougs, um, and so I'm a proud Coug, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to be doing an alumni spotlight in a couple weeks um, oh, with a cool. gal for Washington State University Magazine um, to kind of talk about like what it's like to be working from home in radio um, and just kind of the, the crazy times that we're living in right now. So I'm really excited to be a, a WSU Cougar Spotlight. So that'll be coming uh, in just a couple of weeks. I will make sure to share it on all my socials and I would love for anyone to check it out. Wonderful. That, that sounds awesome. I love it. This episode of Mike Seibert Radio is powered by Poddex. 
Use the discount code MSRP10 for 10% off your first order. Poddex were created to be a tool for any podcaster, whether you're just starting out or a pro podcaster, to help grow your audience, have deeper conversations, and set yourself apart from all the other interview podcasts online. Now, I've never endorsed a product before on the show, but I think Poddex are a really cool way to break the ice and inspire some really fun conversations. You know, regardless if you're a content creator or not, especially at a time when we're all safe at home, Poddex are a great way to interact with your friends and family and maybe learn a thing or two about each other. There are a variety of Poddex combo packs, including the episode deck and interview decks, the second edition episode deck, the would you rather and what the heck decks, or you could do what I did and just buy the entire library of five unique pod decks. So shuffle up, ask a question, and let your audience get to know you and your guests a little better. Go to poddex.com for more information, and don't forget to use my discount code MSRP10 at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's discount code MSRP10 at checkout, poddex.com. And before I sign off, let's close things out with some shout-outs and hear from you. It's a segment appropriately called Raise Your Voice. So no new voicemails this week, but if you want to hear your voice on the show, you can always leave me a voicemail at 231-224-MIKE. Again, that's 231-224-6453, or you can email me a voice file, you know, MP3, WAV, whatever format your phone records in, whatever. Uh, send your email to radio at gmail.com. And let's start with an email from Cheryl who writes, Hi, I uh, I saw your post on the Facebook BR fan group and decided to join in. I've been listening to Bad Religion since I was 16, so it was tough to just choose the top three faves. Uh, she chose... Uh, number three, I want to conquer the world. Number two, age of unreason. And number one, all there is. Thank you guys for celebrating their 40th. They so deserve the recognition. Thank you, Cheryl, for writing in. Uh, to Twitter we go. Uh, Melvar from the Radio Free Cybertron podcast, the, uh, you know, the Silent Bob to Diecast J, uh, submitted individual from Stranger Than Fiction. That whole album is great. The first one I bought. I agree. Uh, Transformers fan artist and next week's special guest for an artist spotlight podcast interview episode, Robo Apollo wrote Evangeline from Process of Belief. That's a favorite of mine as well. Uh, next, we head off to Facebook and the Bad Religion Yahey private group. Um, Eric writes No Direction, Old Regime, and You Are the Government. Justin writes Strange Denial, Cease and the Defense. Steve uh, he has leave mine to me, do what you want, and hooray for me. Um, and you are tied for number three. Leonardo writes punk rock song, wrong way kids, and television. Uh, David, uh, he has destined for nothing, age of unreason, and what can you do? Uh, Barbara has dearly beloved, dream of unity, and to another abyss. Christoph writes, Generator, Skyscraper, and No Control. Massimo's got you, 
God Song, and Tested. Man, there's some really cool trios that are that are coming up in here. Uh, Christiane has Avalon, Tested, and In So Many Ways, and Alan writes Sanity. Um, over to the Bad Religion page private group. Um, again, that out on Facebook. And I want to shout out Marty uh, from uh, uh, the BR page, uh, one of the admins, uh, for interacting with me and sharing the video when we went live, uh, commenting and kind of helping uh, getting the ball rolling in uh, the comments. And um, and I forgot to mention this earlier, but like um, when we were doing the live stream video, I didn't catch who it was because after the stream ended, I lost all the comments. But somebody had commented with regards to the uh, pause, the uh, weaponized pause, as I put it, uh, when talking about uh, Strange Denial. Uh, they had mentioned that uh, they do the same thing. Greg does the same thing in uh, Automatic Man. And yes, that's... Uh, that's a very um, effective use of a weaponized pause as well, um, uh, because unlike in Strange Denial, uh, Automatic Man is the only uh, instance of that, and it, and it makes that uh, uh, so much more powerful. Uh, very, very cool. Um, still not going to change my pick, but um, but uh, uh, good for uh, uh, for catching that. Uh, let's see, in the comments, uh, Pekka writes, my top three at the moment would probably be, in no particular order, Prove It, Marked, and The Handshake. Mike writes, Individual, Henchman, and The Gray Race, uh, the title track from there. Uh, Alex had Sorrow, Los Angeles is Burning, and Robin Hood in Reverse. Daniel writes, Right now, it's News from the Front, Shattered Faith, and The Universal Cynic. Victor has Generator, Parallel, and Fertile Crescent. Marcus writes, Los Angeles is Burning, Sorrow, Generator, Flat Earth Society, and The Answer. Ah, I love that one. Very narrowly missed all of my lists, but that uh, that that's a that's a classic. Uh, that and uh, Flat Earth Society. I always kind of pair those together uh, when uh, when I'm uh, listening to those. Uh, Wayne writes uh, too many great songs to think of just three, but here goes: Generator, Stranger Than Fiction, and 21st Century Digital Boy. Possibly because they are stuck in my head all day while I was doing yard work. Uh, Sean has "You Are the Government." I want to conquer the world and sorrow. Marquez writes uh, skyscraper all there is and along the way. Oh man. And you know, when, when I was talking to Taryn earlier, um, you know, I had mentioned that like some of the shorter songs could benefit from, uh, from like another verse or two along the way is definitely one of those songs that man, I just, I, I wish it was twice as long as it is. Uh, because I, I want to say it's like 90 seconds in and out is such a short song, but I, uh, I, I really love the cadence of it. That's a, that's a fun one. Uh, Todd writes, uh, skyscraper, God song and the handshake. Uh, Ed writes you, the defense and someone to believe. And Adrian closing us out has number one, do what you want. And number two, Every other bad religion song. Not being lazy, I just can't pick two others. And if that isn't uh, the biggest mood to express uh, how uh, vast uh, bad religion's uh, catalog is, uh, I, I don't know what is. Because, I mean, there's just, as, as you've heard, there's just so many great songs. And I want to thank everyone who contributed and commented. And I think through you, we, we've, hit, we've hit pretty much every song in, uh, in my honorable 
honorable mentions that I didn't get a chance to talk about. So I really, really appreciate that. And that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to watch the video from our live stream with Taryn Daly, you can check that out right now out on my YouTube channel. It is um, it is a little different than the podcast that you just uh, listened to. You know, this audio has um, a little more editing and uh, and polish than uh, when we did the live stream. the The video is a lot of fun, but it is it is raw and unedited and is just basically a straight across uh, port from when we did the live stream but still uh, check that out uh, for uh, comparing and contrasting and it's a and it's a ton of fun and if you want to listen to our past episodes uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Google Podcasts Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can always check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud like share rate and review the show let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders and is powered by Poddex. For Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. I'm Taryn Daly. And until next time, wash your hands and make good choices. Bye. Yeah, hey. Yeah, hey. (laughs) That was so fun. (laughs) Cool. Very cool. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeCybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio production. So we uh, uh, we talked in pre-show a little bit about bad religion puns, and I and I'm and I, I already thought of a couple. You know, you get you got the chaos within, and uh, and your atomic gardens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I that, love it. You nailed and, it. And that's uh, and that's what folks can expect uh, over the next hour or so <laughs> as uh, as we go through and just uh, uh, rap and flap about bad religion, and then um, uh, eventually share our uh, top ten songs. But, yeah. Um, 